Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey. Let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea. A new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one-world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast, where we talk about hidden history, depolitical policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the Odd Man. Welcome. I get it. Most aren't even looking to bring the people together, which is and always has been the only real power. They're mainly just worried about defending whichever of the two permitted factions they side with. But if you're like me and you do realize the potential for the power of the people, then look to exactly who benefits from that public division. Well, of course, the Democratic and Republican parties do. It's much easier to herd the masses through fear that if they don't obey, the ranchers will allow the hungry wolves from the other side to come into the field and wreak havoc. This is where the two-party system works in favor of the political class. In this regard, they have a symbiotic relationship. And I think most folks know at their core that this is true. Now, next, of course, you have the corporate media. And notice I said corporate because all those large companies and corporations that people complain about also own the news and entertainment we take in as gospel truth. They get more viewers, readers, and listeners by fear-mongering and sensationalism. And if they lean left, they benefit from a right-wing administration and vice versa. The more partisan the president the more people tune in to have their beliefs strengthened by their particular media outlet. They provide the much-needed 24-7 propaganda that the ruling class must have to keep society distracted and at each other's throats. Thirdly, don't forget about talk radio. I have listened to countless hours of it, and I know. The left may have a monopoly on corporate media, but the right have it in the talk radio industry. Just like their corporati news counterparts, they too see their listeners and subscribers rise as they only inform them of how much of a threat the opposition is. It's constantly look over there, not at your own party's actions programming. If they were honest, 
and they told people that both parties are greatly wasteful, ineffective, and corrupt, a lot of listeners would get frustrated and complain that they were working for the enemy. Unfortunately, we have come to love the blood sport of political fussing and fighting, and talk radio mostly keeps their shows lowbrow, where the average window-licking partisan can call in and have his views confirmed. Now that sounds really, really harsh, I understand, but if you're an independent like me, and yes, everyone knows I lean more to the right, but I'm disgusted with Republicans, the Libertarian Party can't get it together, Nobody's really defending the Constitution. The Libertarians do stand for it, but they have no power and they can't get it together. And the Republicans have totally turned their backs on it and don't even know it. I listen to local talk radio sometimes and it's the same lowbrow BS talking points constantly. And I'm embarrassed when a local person calls in. And I'm embarrassed if they're on the left or the right usually because it's just talking points that they've gotten from corporate media. So, don't look to talk radio to tell you that many of the top politicians, media figures, academics, and military brass all belong to the same elite clubs like the Council on Foreign Relations. They honestly don't seem to want truly informed listeners that could potentially say something on air that might upset their sponsors. Essentially, in our society, we have been fooled by the aforementioned entities into believing we are informed without receiving enough big-picture information to go out into the world and make any significant positive changes. They basically give us water-cooler-level conversation that we can have at work or with our friends or family or that we can argue with people from the opposition online. And you guys know that that's true. So these are the big three that keep the hearts and the minds of the country separated. But there are more. Now the trick is, and apparently it's a very difficult one, and that's to get past our emotions and our tribalistic nature and seek the truth, even if it means showing our side in a bad light. Now, how many of you looking on social media have ever seen someone say a Republican? How many times have you seen them say anything, anything bad about a policy of Donald Trump's? It just doesn't happen. It's very, very seldom. They don't even critique people like Lindsey Graham and others that they used to really rail against because they weren't standing for conservatism, the Constitution, lowering spending, smaller government. And of course, look at the left. Did, when did you ever see anybody on the left condemn the Obama administration, Hillary, or anybody else for bad policies or corruption? It seldom ever happens. We want to believe our side is without spot or blemish. We want to believe that our side has our best interests in mind. We want to have the simplistic view of the left-right paradigm, black and white, good versus evil. Of course, whatever side you're on is good and the other side is wholly evil. We've made this overly simplistic world, this political world, and it makes us feel good because we feel like our side has our best interests in mind. Our side is the superhero side. The other side is the villain side. 
But to tell the truth, politics, life in general, everything is much more nuanced than just simply good versus evil. Now, there's definitely good and there's definitely evil. I'm not one of those people that does not believe in absolutes. But I also have to apply common sense and critical thinking to every issue. I'm not perfect. I make the same mistakes as everyone else. I get tribalistic. I've been guilty of it just as much as anyone, but now I'm cognizant of it. And so I really try to fight against it. And if I do find out that I'm wrong, I will admit it. And not many people are willing to do that. They will dig their heels in even harder and fight even harder once they believe they're wrong. And I've noticed online, people really won't even talk to you anymore. Once they figure out that you'll go that extra mile in research and you, your knowledge is beyond just the simplistic left-right talking points, the simplistic world that the corporate media and talk radio has built for us, then they usually won't even talk to you about any issues anymore. They're done because they are afraid that you will make one of their side look bad and they know that you'll do the research to connect the dots. And they don't want to. They enjoy the sport, this blood sport of political rivalry. But you guys who listen to this show know that it's a lot more important than that. And people should be taking it more seriously. It's a two-party system for a reason. The debate committees are owned by Democrats and Republicans. And they won't even let a third-party debate so no new ideas get out. So you have the two, the RNC and the DNC conventions just full of BS, full of telling people what they want to hear, just a lot of cliches and goofiness, very, very predictable. And I frankly am beyond that. I'm post-political in believing those same old lies. It's insulting to me. It should be insulting to you. It should be insulting to the American people. Because we know better. People are starting to wake up and realize that there's a bigger picture. And so I wrote that thing that I read you earlier, that little piece, and I just wanted to share it with you. I normally don't do topical issues, as you guys know, but I feel like I don't know. I feel led to. It's my show. I can do what I want. I don't get paid for it. It's 100% independent. So I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about politics, politicians, and the whole system. You know, I said months ago that the closer it gets to the election, you will see even people who seem independent or even third party go full-blown partisan, tribalistic towards the left or the right. And you're seeing that in overtime now with the rioting and this last deal with the shootings and all that. And so you will see that's only going to get worse. I, you know, like I said, I, I saw that last time, the last run up to the election. And I was kind of surprised because I was seeing people who uh, were very, I thought, libertarian, all of a sudden go for Trump. And he had never said anything the least bit libertarian or constitutionalist or, uh, you know, he wasn't small government. Um, and obviously he's proven to be a big government, big spender. And even before COVID, the spending was up. The government was growing. 
you see that uh, he promised to cut spending on certain government uh, agencies or whatever. But what he, what he did was he just turned around and gave that to the military-industrial complex and to Israel and places like that. So people pay attention to what these politicians say rather than what they do, which is why decades after they've been out of office, they still make claims that they were good for this policy or good for that policy. They were a hero concerning this or that. And you can go back and apply that to both left-wing and right-wing presidents. But then you go back and you actually look at the records and you see that they were nearly all big spenders, big debt, most were warmongers. It doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't really matter if you actually look at what really happened. So we live in these political fantasies, and I've talked about this before, but we have these political fantasies of what we think our politicians are. The great social justice warrior or the great patriot riding in on the horse, you know, correcting all the bad deeds. We don't look at reality. We live in our heads. And that's, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, you can't do much about it. And it seems to be getting worse and worse. You know, during the Trump era, and I'm not saying it's exactly his fault. It's just kind of where we are. But again, now, he hasn't tried to bring the country together. And Obama didn't try to bring the country together. And the things that Bush did really separated the country. And is one reason why we are where we are today. But we are more splintered than we've ever been and people try to say well no you know during vietnam we were splintered and blah 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 no we are splintered more today because of technology because of the internet people that used to would have never even given a second thought to politics are talking about politics it's affected them because they're online and they're seeing headlines even if they're not trying to see them so yes we are more splintered today and it's purposeful it is purposeful you don't have any leaders trying to really bring the country together for a reason because they thrive off of our division. It's not hard to see. And who else thrives off of it? Well, of course, you guys know the global elites, the global elites, the multinational corporations, they thrive off of our splintered, uh, our society being divided because they can control things behind the scenes and will be distracted and not paying attention. So you have all of these politicians at the top in bed with the Council on Foreign Relations and this merry-go-round of people coming in and out of the tech agents or the tech companies, uh, you know, Silicon Valley and going into administrations or going into administrations, then going into Silicon Valley. It's a technocracy of sorts, and anyone can see that if they look. And so who knows what's going to happen with this election? You know, it's really hard to tell. I mean, we have, if you think about it, I mean, I can, honestly, I can't see a world where Trump's people don't come out and support him because I've never seen such a rabid fan base in my life. But also, who knows? Are presidents selected rather than elected? I don't know. I, I go back and forth on that. I think you guys do as well. I don't know what to think. It's hard to even see a it's hard to see an election and an after election. It's hard to see our world like that. Are they going to spring the aliens on us? 
who knows, maybe we get out of hand enough. But, uh, you know, we're, we're leading up to the election. We have all these riots. Kamala Harris basically said that they need to continue without exactly saying riots need to continue. She condoned it, of course. And now they're trying to say, well, you know, in Trump's world, there's going to be riots until he's out of office or whatever. They're pushing us into a civil war. You guys know that. It's really simple. They want a civil war. Uh, the global elites want a civil war because they can push in their beloved United Nations and whom they've helped fund for decades. They can get those new UN troops here. Once those UN troops are allowed to come into the United States, then they can start dissolving the police forces. And trust me, I'm not one of these... Uh, you know, these run-of-the-mill conservative guys who always takes the police's side. I think that's ridiculous, and I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but all I will tell you, like I've said many times, is do a quick search. A quick search of police officer indicted, police officer arrested, police officer charged. You're going to see that there's a pretty bad, uh, pretty bad legacy history of police corruption. They're individuals just like us. There are bad people in the police force, just like there are bad people in every other, every other industry. It's just the way it goes. And if you give someone who's slightly bad a badge and a gun and give them the license to kill, well, yeah, there's going to be problems because most of us are not fit to govern our fellow men, men and women. And then on the other side, you have these maniac rioters and looters and just total pieces of garbage who really the only thing they're accomplishing is they are actually accomplishing stricter laws they're making it harder they're going to make it harder for the good people to protest their government when it comes time when they're trying to take away our first second amendments property rights and things like that because that's what's in the books and i don't say this as a conspiracy theorist if you listen to this show you know that people like the global elite in the Council on Foreign Relations, UN tied groups, all these different green green groups, NGOs, they've talked for years about taking property rights and taking the Second Amendment away. They want to do it. They've talked about it for a hundred years or more. They've talked about this global government for over a hundred years. It's ridiculous how stupid people still are. But you guys know that they just are totally unaware and they're not ever going to look into it. They think that everything they don't hear in their corporate media news world, their bubble, is a conspiracy. And then you have Q in the whole picture. And, you know, I've got good friends that are into Q, and God bless them. I never really fell for it because I feel like I was already awake. I was already onto the scheme of government and the global elite before Trump came into office. Now, I noticed almost everyone that is into Q really weren't awake before this last election. And so they didn't know all these other things. And all of this new world it has come to them. And they kind of equate that with Q and Trump. But a lot of people have been awake for a very long time. You can go back and check out a lot of the books that I read from. These guys knew about all this stuff decades ago. So I'm glad people are getting awake, but who do you listen to? Who is Q? Well, hundreds of people say they're Q now. Maybe even thousands. Who do you know? I mean, how do you know that anyone's telling the truth? It's just, it's beyond me. I, I have no idea. 
So if the things that they say come true, well, great. But I know a lot of things that they've said that was going to come true haven't. And maybe it's a Cass Sunstein organization. Maybe it's just convoluted because there's so many people. Maybe there's a real cue. And uh, it's just that there's so many others who are not that it's just all uh, a big mess and nobody really knows. Uh, The main thing that I've always said is, are they making a big deal about getting back to the Constitution? Are they making a big deal about respecting the Bill of Rights and the Civil Rights again and individual liberty again? Are they making a big deal about lowering the size of government? Are they making a big deal about lowering the debt and the spending that government is responsible for, obviously? If they're not, then screw them. I don't care because they don't stand for what I stand for. I mean, yes, I want to see any of these pedos, anybody that's a pedo, I want to see them arrested and and punished accordingly. But you have to have these individual rights and liberties to be able to do anything in the future. And everything's closing in under this ridiculous COVID freaking nightmare. You know, and I've said before that regardless of the facts of COVID, regardless of the origins of COVID, the global elite, the great resetters, use this immediately to start cracking down on their people. And you look around at New Zealand and Australia and these other places where their governance is really out of control. And that's what we've got to look forward to here if we don't do something about it. You know, you look to Berlin and the UK and others, they're, they're, their citizens are pissed. They're, t- they're tired of the bull crap that they've seen under this COVID thing, and they're just not taking it anymore. And Americans are still split. We've got our Netflix and chill, so we're, we're not rioting or rebelling in any real way. And the left is rioting, or part of the left or whatever. And it's not really, like I said, accomplishing anything. There doesn't seem to be much of a end game for them, except for like with BLM, who's, I'll remind you, backed by large corporations. They want money. They want a lot of things, and you can check them out. And they're what consists of BLM keeps getting broader and broader. It's not just about black lives anymore. I just wanted to talk about this stuff a little bit and talk about the presidential candidates, okay? I'm not going to turn anybody around. If you're a Trump or Biden guy, I'm not going to turn you around. But I am going to tell you that these two guys aren't good candidates. Well, for one, Biden is clearly, clearly getting senile. His face is falling off before our eyes. It may reveal lizard skin underneath. We don't know. I feel sorry for the guy. It's sad that they are pushing him out there when he should be spending his last few years with his grandkids and his loved ones. So a vote for him is a vote for Kamala the cop, the authoritarian. And it's pretty funny, you know, you look... If you start doing the research, you see how the two of them have really sucked up to the Israel lobby big time. I mean, all presidents have to do that, but they've really sucked up to them big time. 
So much so that if the, you know, the conservatives knew, they might change their ticket and vote for them. But anyway, and calm down, I'm not an anti-Semitic kind of guy. My grandmother was Jewish, but I am not cool with supporting everything the Israeli government does. That's what people get confused about. They, just like the military... If you go against a policy of the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, then people act like you're against the troops when nothing could be farther from the truth. A lot of times you're trying to keep the troops from getting deployed to these awful places that has nothing to do with our Constitution or our our borders. And people equate supporting the troops with going along with whatever the Pentagon and the military-industrial complex says. And that's ridiculous. And it's exactly the same with Israel, the Israeli government versus the Israeli citizens. You know, people in Israel have been revolting against Netanyahu, and they've been revolting against the COVID measures there as well. You just don't hear about it very much. You give any government, because all governments have a tendency, because it's much much of the same with the hierarchies and the tendency for them to become corrupt. Greed is greed, no matter where you are. So giving blind allegiance to any government is wrong, is ridiculous. We don't even do that to our own government, or we shouldn't. But doing it to the Israeli government, under the guise of thinking you are doing this to protect the Israeli people is BS. You may be making things even more dangerous for the Israeli people because if you're putting up with all of this foreign policy crap that is making relations more hostile towards Israel, then, well, you're not helping them in the least. So I would just say, point out the difference between government and the people. And so the Israeli lobby is huge. It's very, very powerful. And if you don't suck up to the Israeli lobby, chances are you probably are not going to be elected or get too far in politics. And that's just the way of it. Now, let's talk about Biden. Okay, Biden, been around forever, life for politician. I mean, he's senile, so that, in my mind, would totally eliminate him from any potential of running the country. But that aside, people don't give a shit. They do not care. They, they would elect a corpse if they had to, as long as they weren't, you know, electing the opposition. That's the world we live in. I know that. But uh, the guy's been around forever. He voted for the Iraq War. He voted for the crime bill that locked up so many African Americans. The guy likes to brag that he wrote the Patriot Act before it was called the Patriot Act. He's been in the Council on Foreign Relations. He's written legislation with Council on Foreign Relations members. He bragged at the Council on Foreign Relations just a few years ago that he withheld aid in Ukraine. He withheld aid in Ukraine to try and get things politically he wanted done. And you can look into that yourselves. Uh, Of course, we know that his son has shady ties, but... And probably it is because of connections to him. That's the way all politicians work. And I'll remind people to check out Peter Schweitzer's Secret Empires book, where he talks about both Democrats and Republicans and how their family members get favors from all these foreign entities and all this stuff. 
But uh, Biden's just had a history. He was a plagiarist. Uh, he was involved in the Obama administration when they sold the Russians uranium. I mean, the guy's, he needs to go. I mean, the guy needs to be in, he needs to be home where he can be cared for. The guy's going to hurt himself up there. But uh, people don't care. And so we have Biden as our presidential nominee, which is a vote for Kamala the cop. And you can look back at her ties and her authoritarian history. And then you have Mr. Trump, the one that everybody likes, the new Antichrist. <laughs> Dare I say it? Yes. Yes, my right-wing friends. The Antichrist is someone that many, many people will love. And a lot of people love him. Well, I don't hate him. I don't have a Trump derangement syndrome. He's hilarious. He's a funny guy. He's got comedy chops. It's very entertaining to hear him talk down to the Republican, I mean, to the uh, Democrats and to the media, and they deserve it. But as I go back, he was never a constitutionalist. Uh, he's been worse for the Second Amendment than even Obama, and people get tired of hearing that, but it's the truth. Um, and also his ties. And, and it was kind of a perfect thing when you think about it, because no matter what tie he had, no matter what alliance he had had in the past, people were just like, oh, well, he was a business guy, so you know, it's no big deal. So whether it be uh, he appointed Wilbur Ross, who was a 30-year Rothschild employee and a very important one at that, he took a huge loan from George Soros for Trump Towers. No, no, you, it, it doesn't matter. He was just a business guy. There's no, there's no there there. Um, you know, he, he's appointed, I don't know, over a dozen Council on Foreign Relations and Bilderberg members to his uh, administration and, and a bunch, a bunch of George W. Bush retreads to his administration. I could go on and on, but he, as I said, has never been a constitutionalist, and that's my biggest problem. And uh, people like to say, well, you know, we haven't had any wars under him. We haven't had any new wars. We nearly had a Syrian war. The thing is, with him, as entertaining as he is, he goes back and forth. People never really know what he might say. You look at his Twitter, it's really, on policies, there is really a yo-yo of different policies on there, going back and forth, back and forth. But even though we haven't been in any new wars, we're still in all the places we were before, dropping more bombs than ever in Afghanistan and parts of Africa, a record amount of drone killings. You know, you have to figure the big picture in. And also, I'll go back to this. When he was elected, they made a change in the way they report the casualties during our foreign altercations. They don't have to give those casualty numbers to the public any longer. That definitely should be looked into, and it should be reversed. And I'll also uh, remind people that the Trump administration has not reversed the Smith-Munt Act or the repeal of the Smith-Munt Act. And if you don't know what the Smith-Munt Act is, it's um, when... Under Obama, it was 2012-2013. There is a Smith-Munt Act from the Cold War era that is supposed to keep the U.S. government from propagandizing the citizens. And they took certain measures out of Smith-Munt, allowing them to propagandize us. 
and it has not been reversed and probably half or most of the citizens don't even know about it because they just know what the mainstream media talks about. You know, I could go on and on about the negative things on both sides, but like I said, that's not going to help anybody because everybody's already got their mind made up. But now we have red flag laws in certain states. We have bump stock bans. We have the age to buy a handgun in certain places being raised, and that didn't even happen under Obama. So while people are distracted, policies are happening that are much more important than the soap opera of our political world. Uh, They don't call Washington, D.C., Hollywood for ugly people for nothing. They put on a big show for us. It's bread and circus. They keep us distracted. They're part of that whole network of division and distraction. Because if not, we would start peeling back the onion and seeing all these alliances and how the global elite work and how the New World Order is coming together and people would be in the streets tenfold and they don't want that. They want the they they want rioting and protesting that they can control. They want to use it enough, they want enough damage to where they can make it harder for law-abiding citizens down the road to protest their government. And that's what we're getting. You're starting to see states making the laws much harder for you to protest. And so things have consequences, whether intentional or not. And there are such things as reverse psychology in politics. It happens all the time. And there is a lot of psychological technique involved in politics. And you can go back to Cass Sunstein if you don't. Uh, I think it was cognitive infiltration was what he called the, uh, the paper that he co-wrote where people from the government, they would have their agents go into chat rooms and social media and pretend like they're on one certain side and spread disinformation or misinformation. We're in a brave new world with technology. We are pretty close to what Huxley was talking about, and we're a mix of brave new world and 1984. And the funny thing is with 1984 and brave new world, I'm sure, but 1984 is... Both the Democrats and the Republicans always bring that up, and they always, they always say that the opposition are doing the things from 1984, and they are both correct. It's happening little by little by little. You know, we've got the Earn It Act. Again, the Earn It Act. We've got gun bills. Uh, there's the 57 HR 5717, and I read the other day that uh, Elizabeth Warren has another one that's very similar that she's put forth. They're not going to stop until the AR-15 is gone, and they're going to use this last shooting with this Kyle guy, whatever his name was. Uh, he's going to be the poster boy for the reason to get rid of the AR-15. And so regardless of where you side on that and... If you didn't see my video the other day, this is the way I look at that whole thing. Yeah, he was defending himself. No, he should not have been there. It just works into the Democrats' hands because they want to take the AR-15 away. They want to end gun rights altogether. And so it just works right into their favor. So, you know, if you're a yuck-yuck that is just taking one side, I'd say step back, 
and look at the big picture and see how that's going to affect your rights. Anything that happens, even if you're for it, if it gives the opposition more fuel to stomp on your rights, then you better think about it. You better think twice in what you're supporting because it's not just black and white. It's not just, you know, it's not just this basic, simplistic left-right paradigm that I mentioned at the start. This is real, my friends. This is reality, and reality is nuanced. You have to think about it. You have to step back away from your emotions. You have to take a breath, use critical thinking skills, and apply them. Apply them. Because we don't know. We're inundated with propaganda right now. We always have been, but now it's more than ever because of technology. And technology is closing in on us. You know, we see that uh, Facebook just changed or are about to change their terms of service. And it's looking like they're going to be censoring hardcore. And they've been on a censoring kick for quite a while. And YouTube's just ridiculous. You can't even really use it anymore if you're talking about something outside the mainstream. And Facebook's pretty much worthless anyway. But once they get done with Facebook, then it's going to be Instagram. It's going to be you know, Twitter, Instagram, all the other ones. And uh, it's just going to be eventually an echo chamber for state-run status quo information. That's what they want. I think they're keeping Twitter around just to keep the people divided for right now because it's a very it's a very good outlet to make people feel like they are actually accomplishing something because they get that mental energy out. They get those endorphins going when they're arguing with people on there, but it does in reality it doesn't accomplish jack shit. Uh, excuse me, but it doesn't. It doesn't accomplish anything and but it makes people feel like they're a part of it, just kind of like voting. <laughs> Kind of like, uh, the, I think that's mainly why we still have the Democrats and the Republicans and the whole somewhat of a farce of government, our government system. When you, ha- when, you, know, you have representatives saying for years that our people, our representatives, their fellow representatives, don't even read the bills that they vote on, then much of what we see and hear is theater. It's to keep us preoccupied, as I said, you know, a few minutes ago, to keep us from peeling the onion back and seeing the core and the core that is rotten. They don't want us to know that. So while everything may not be a farce and you can still make changes locally, uh, politics is one of the oldest professions. And what was it Reagan said? The oldest profession is prostitution and politics has... A lot of uh, it resembles the oldest one quite a bit, and there is no doubt about that. Uh, it's the dirtiest game in the world, and people tend to forget about that, and they just want to believe that it's this Pollyanna, Democrat-Republican world, get out and vote, support your candidates, when you guys know that it's a whole lot more than that. It's 2020, people. Come on now. So I hope I haven't pissed off too many people. Uh, I just have to speak frankly. I'm not going backwards anymore. I can't sugarcoat things anymore. It's just, it's not within me to do it any longer. 
Um, I try to talk reasonable to people, but you just can't hardly talk reasonable to people. Even, you know, once you go past what they know, most people are not listening, so they just get angry. And instead of walking on eggshells and trying to talk like a, a child to people, I'm just putting it out there because I've done the time to look into these things and know I'm not some kind of know-it-all or expert, but most of the things I say I can back up pretty quickly, and it's because I've put the time into looking into these things. And I don't even take pleasure in a lot of the things I talk about. I wish that our world was better. I wish that our political system was much less corrupt and worked a lot more efficiently, but it just doesn't. And all of this information is out there for the public to see, to hear, to read, if the will is there. And unfortunately, the will is just not there for most, and they'd rather just glom on to one of the two parties and then only tune in to the outlets that tell them what they want to hear. But unfortunately, guys, if you keep a rotten apple in the bunch, it will turn all the apples rotten. And so when we continuously overlook, ignore the corruption or the bad policies in our own parties, those parties begin to corrupt within. And we're facing two bad parties with a lot of corruption. They're useless and ineffective to a great degree. And so we have this political system that we have, and we have globalism at our back door. We're closer to socialism right now than we've ever been. And one more thing before I go, remember this, my conservative friends. Donald Trump, too, is talking about sticking you with this rushed vaccine. And if you do not trust Bill Gates, then you better start looking into the comments by the president about having the military give you a shot. But, you know, he's talked about this. He, he's not backing down on this super-duper rushed vaccine. So you better kind of separate yourself from the fanboy attitude and think about the consequences, okay? Because nobody really wants something rushed, a vaccine, a rushed vaccine put into their body. That should be something that is clinically tested for several years before being given to the public, especially for a disease that has caused so little mortality. Just like in Italy, you see that most of the people that have died had one to three diseases. And in Italy, it was mostly elderly people. So anyway, thank you for listening to this. This is this is warts and all, man. I'm not editing it. I'm just going to put it out there. And uh, like I said, I usually don't do topical issues. But with this one, I was just in the mood to do one. And I'm not very good at it. I'd rather do hidden history, secret societies, stuff like that. But it's what people want to talk about. And so I've talked about it. Hope you're doing great. 
Hope that everything's going well to you guys. I thank you for listening. And once again, I'm going to say cheers and blessings to you all. See ya. You once claimed that you have an ability to face unpleasant facts. Is that what you've demonstrated in 1984 by drawing an accurate portrait of the future? I think that allowing for the book being, after all, a parody, something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always at every moment there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you.